We've all heard it before. It's who you know. Welcome to Social Capital, a weekly podcast that dives into social relationships and why the investment you put into them is so important. Your host, Lori Hybe, will connect with industry-leading professionals and dive into their networking experiences and expert advice. Hey, everybody. Lori Hybe here. Welcome to the Social Capital Podcast. Our show notes are found at socialcapitalpodcast.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at LJ Hybe and on Facebook. This week's guest is Nella Donato. Nella is a graphic designer and brand strategist with over 15 years of experience building brands and digital platforms for service-based businesses and nonprofit organizations. She's also the author of the book, The Human-Centered Brand, a practical guide that teaches service-based business owners how to create an authentic brand and grow meaningful relationships with their clients. Nella, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I'm excited for you to be here too, especially because you're literally on the other side of the world, aren't you? Uh, yes, I'm in Europe, in Croatia, where it's, uh, currently it's evening here. So I always like to chat also with people on the other side of the world to see, you know, what's what's happening there. And so, uh, yeah. Well, thank you so much for making the time to be on the show. I'm sure we're going to have a great conversation today. So I'm going to start right away uh, with a question around brand. What does it mean to have a brand? Yeah, well, for a person, because we're talking about kind of networking here, uh, mm. for a person to have a brand, uh, what it means is that there are people outside of your immediate social circle, people that you never met, but that they've heard about you uh, and about what you do, and they have formed some kind of an opinion, an impression about you. So that means that you have a brand because uh, there, there are people who have never met you, but you've entered kind of their consciousness and, and their sphere of influence. And the, this concept of branding, that can consist of both positive and negative impressions that people have about you as a person. And of course, uh, organizations, businesses, products, places can also have a brand. So in this day and age, anything can have a brand, like even pets, people's pets can have a brand and uh, there's, we can go on here. But basically, if no one has heard about you that you haven't met personally, one-on-one, then you don't have a brand. So a brand transcends your person-to-person relationships. I so love that. I think <laughs> you that's can also, great. Yeah. Uh, you can create your brand. If you, if you realize that you don't have it, you can always start creating it. So if, if people listening to here figure out, oh, no, I don't have a brand, well, don't worry. Uh, we'll talk about it today here, you know, some ways you can create it. But uh, you can always start creating a brand by, you know, using digital media, public relations, speaking, and other means to kind of get the word out about your work. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. And I, the thing that really stood out to me in your definition of a brand is someone that has never met you before, but you've entered their consciousness on some level. I think that's fantastic. That's a great way to describe a brand. You've made an impression on some level. Yeah, because that's what brands, we interact with products, uh, with uh, businesses every day, and they are in our consciousness. But, you know, some many times the producers of those products, of those services don't even know who we are. Like, 
you know, Coca-Cola and Nike and Apple, they, they have no idea who people are on the individual level, but you know who they are. So it's kind of an imbalanced relationship. You know, a, a true relationship with we, where both parties know each other, uh, but a brand to personal relationship is one where the person know about the brand, but the brand doesn't necessarily know about the person who knows about them. That's kind of, that's great. So what exactly is the difference between a personal brand and a corporate or business brand? Yeah, a, a personal brand is, well, as the name says, it's related to the person and it follows you around uh, no matter where you work, you know, no matter which company you're in. And it's an asset that you can use whether you want to launch your own business or you want to get a, a better job at a different, at another company, or you want to start some kind of an organization, some kind of a, a you know, some activism uh, project. So it, it always relates to you as an individual. Uh, and you, if you can imagine a celebrity uh, like, I don't know, Oprah, uh, who are, you know, Michelle Obama or someone who is very prominent in the media and their, their career may change, you know, they may reinvent their career, uh, but there's so much capital in their name, uh, in their face, uh, that people who love them will follow them around no matter what they do, basically. And as someone who is trying to make, make connections, you're building your personal brand uh, that is separate of the company that you work for. That's and <laughs> of course, there are corporate brands which are a bit impersonal. Uh, so sometimes we forget that there are people behind the brand, although people have made them. Uh, but they're, they're relate to a group of people or a business entity. Uh, they don't typically feature any particular people in their branding, uh, but they're like, you know, when they have prominent logos and advertisements and, uh, you know, colors that define them. Uh, and the bigger the company, the more faceless kind of their brand is. Uh, but these were also developed by people. Uh, it's, it's kind of a, a mix, a mixture of the values and mission and vision of the owners and the company's employees. So it's kind of a group brand as opposed to a personal brand, which is an individual brand. Nice. So do you have any tips that you can share with regards to leveraging branding when it comes to networking so that people remember you better? Oh, yeah, I do have tips. I have tons of tips and I wrote the whole book about them. Uh, but yeah, I'll give you a couple of tips so people can get started kind of uh, right away, you know, some easy uh, things for starts. Mm -hmm. So first of all, I'm, I'm sure that you talk about this all the time to people. Uh, when you're meeting new people, come up with a really short and clear and concise introduction. And my tip is don't use industry jargon or buzzwords. Talk like real people talk. Like when they tell, you know, you got to make an elevator speech. Usually these elevator speeches sound very contrived mm -hmm. and not like something you can imagine yourself saying. So people end up not even using them because it, it sounds weird. Uh, just practice introducing yourself to lots of people. So that's why networking events where there are lots where you meet lots of people are great because you can use a different introdu introduction with every person and kind of see which one works best or which mm -hmm. one interested people the most. And when I say jargon, I mean, adapt your uh, verbiage kind of to people that you talk to. Because when I talk to general people who are not in marketing, I don't use the word uh, brand strategist because uh, people don't know what that is. Uh -huh. I say I'm a designer because 
everyone knows what a designer is, you know, they have a vague idea what a designer does. And then you can kind of, so you, you have like a word that is more general and you have a word that is more specific when you meet your peers or specialists in your industry. And then you can, of course, kind of add uh, what your niche or your specialty is in terms of who you most enjoy working with or the type of work you do or the industry you work in. So you kind of bring it down to a more um, more focused level. So you're not just any designer or a marketer or a lawyer, but you do a specific thing. Uh, and, you know, keep it simple and short. And pe if people are interested, they will ask you more questions. And if they don't ask a question, it means it's probably, you know, they're probably just not interested in, in making that kind of connection at the moment. So just don't talk too much. That's which I should take my own advice right now and, and kind of move on <laughs> into some other tip. Uh, so one tip that I give to people is to wear a signature color, like a detail or a clothing item that is in what I quote unquote your color. Cause I'm sure most people have something that they feel is their color and double down on that. So if you, there's a color that you love, you know, make a point of wearing it uh, every time when you have an expectation that you meet lots of new people. Uh, so my signature color is red. I usually wear, you know, red shirt, blouse or red stockings or a red bag, some, something. And this works even with men. So I'm sure lots of people have heard of Seth Godin. Mm -hmm. If you haven't, uh, check the guy out. He's, he's really great. He's, he's a marketing um, whiz. I mean, he's been in marketing for like 50 years or so. Mm -hmm. he's, he's really smart. And he wears yellow details like yellow glasses, uh, yellow tie. So you can always... People notice that. Those are tiny details, but when you notice that someone is really intentional with that, that really, you know, could kind of puts that pin in, oh, this is interesting. I'm I'm really, you know, curious about this person because they seem to be a really, really intentional about how they kind of move in the world and, and how they're being in the world. And that's kind of about this uh preparing yourself for, for events like that. Uh, another thing, I know people say that business cards don't matter, but I really, really advise to people that to have some kind of a business card. And of course, it can be a really simple minimalist design, but it can also be something more, you know, inspired, something that can have like an inspirational message or a tip or some kind of utility. Uh, you know, we don't use um, printed calendars anymore, but those used to be really big. You know, you, you mm -hmm. would get them at the supermarket at a pharmacy. Everyone was giving you a calendar. So something that might be related to your the work that you do, some, something that has some kind of a um, added value instead of uh, just having your contact information. And the thing I do uh, and that I've started doing for some of my clients is instead of a business card, making a postcard or a bookmark because these can have a nice artwork on them and make it easier for people to kind of keep them on their desk instead of just stuff them in a drawer with a million of other business cards. Sure. And yeah, so that's something that people can look into if they want to, if there's a really big event that they want to uh, use to make new connections. Wow. So many good juicy <laughs> tips there that you're sharing. I'm sure we can just go on and on and on. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Tips, but it sounds like um, a lot of these are in your book, the human centered brand, right? 
Oh yeah, yeah. I have a ton of a ton more, and <laughs> these are just some that I always like recommend to people because they're not so hard to do, and they don't require lots of money, uh, and you can do most of them on your own without the help of a designer. So yeah, there's no excuse as to why not to put that into practice. That's fantastic. So Nella, can you share with our listeners your most successful or favorite networking experience that you've had? Uh, well, I have lots of great stories about our networking, but the one I wanted to uh, share with you is uh, it's that one of my clients, my dearest and best clients that I still work with, uh, we've met when we were teenagers and we met accidentally on a bus while we were going to school. So we had no connection beforehand. And one day we just sat next to each other and started talking and realized we had a lot in common. And we kind of became these bus friends. We didn't socialize much <laughs> in our other areas of life, but that was kind of how we, how we, uh, our kind of relationship that we had. And then when he went away for university, we didn't see each other for, for years. Uh, but as we had a mutual friend, he kind of knew what I was doing. He knew that I became a designer. So we kind of, uh, we knew where each other was, but we just didn't keep in contact. And then years later, I don't know, maybe 10 years later, or even, even more, uh, he started his own business and, uh, contacted me and said, you know, I'm starting my own business. Will you create a logo and my website and business card, etc." And I said, yeah, sure. I would love to do that. Uh, it would be an honor. And that was in 2013. And we're still working together uh, after six years now. And uh, it's it's always a pleasure to talk to him, to kind of when he calls me on the phone or when I get his email, I'm really just happy because um, it's we have a really great working relationship that started off like something completely random. So we have some kind of, you know, jokes and, and stuff, but it's really just a it proves to me that you can meet people to have a great working relationship with in the most random places and that you don't don't discount those relationships that you make on a daily basis because you never know where they may lead and that might mean you know 10 years from now so there's a couple of uh, lessons from this story like don't be short-sighted uh, it can take sometimes a long time to to get a quote-unquote value um, from a relationship and the other is like Everywhere around you, wherever you go, there are potential to meet people that you can collaborate collaborate with later on. Yeah, and that's what I love about networking. I think that's a great story. Thank you so much for sharing it. And I mean, you're speaking the truth that you never know where something's going to be and show up and where and how long it's going to take. That's the thing I love about this story. And you know, so many people go into networking thinking they're expecting something to happen immediately and it takes time to build that relationship and trust. And, and sometimes it's not that it takes time to build the relationship and trust. It just, it takes time for the need to be there for one yeah. needs to, um, and wants to utilize your services and support and whatever it may be. Yeah. The, the right timing is something that you can't rush and, and it's, it's not you. It's just how, how people work how, So you can't, yeah, you can't expect uh, quick results from networking, but I don't think that's the point. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, oh, that's great. So how do you stay in front of or best nurture your community and your network? Yeah, I use a combination of uh, showing up at local events in person 
to meet new people and to deepen the relationships that I already have with people in my community and using social media to keep these people updated on what I'm working on and just staying in touch, seeing what, what they're doing, you know, uh, cheering them on their work, sharing their work, etc. So it's a combination of in-person and digital and of course, I can't meet everyone in person because uh, uh, sometimes uh, these people are at, across the other side of the Atlantic. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I liked I like to immerse myself in the local community because I think that this is where really the best uh, kind of collaborations and relationships come from, from people that you can kind of meet in person and, and talk to in person. Uh, but it, I think the mix works better than either one of these on its own because in person, you make a stronger impression, but you don't get a chance to see those people maybe more than a couple of times a month or, or maybe even a couple of times a year. So there's social media that you can use uh, to kind of keep those contacts warm while you're not seeing each other in person. And for that, I typically use LinkedIn and Facebook. And I can see what people are up to, what's new, when someone is starting a new business, when someone is changing their job. Uh, so I have a feeling like I know what they're doing, even though we haven't seen uh, each other in a long time. And that would be really hard to do in person or via email with hundreds of people that, that, you, kind of, that you know. Uh, and I personally post on social media fairly often. I share my articles, my videos and projects that I work on. And I also like to share useful tips, other people's articles. So it's not just you know, me, 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 but also that uh, something that I think is valuable for, for my network. And whenever I share something that I do, people kind of get a feeling, oh, look, she's doing things. She's, you know, she's really prolific. And then when I meet them in person, they ask me about how the pro some particular project is going. Uh, how some speaking event went, we immediately have a subject to talk about, even though we have may not have seen each other in months. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that's great. I, I love that. I love that you're really leveraging both the digital and the traditional aspect and kind of keeping the, the ongoing updates by leveraging digital. But um, what's great to hear is that when you're meeting people in face-to-face, in they're engaging you with what you've posted in the digital space. Oh yeah, I sometimes I have no idea that some people even follow my work online. <laughs> I find out when we meet in person and when they mention something that I posted, I'm like, oh, I had no idea you were reading my blog. So yeah, that, that's really interesting when that, when that happens, yeah. That's great. So what advice would you offer that business professional who's looking to grow their network? Uh, well, I'm not sure if this tip comes up often, but it's something that I always say to people who are kind of um, skeptical about networking or don't really feel like doing that and going to business events. Um, I say that, you know, you should go and find something fun to do around other people because networking doesn't have to look like business conferences or meetups or brunches or whatever. Uh, you can meet new interesting people at a book club or an organized hiking trip, or the pub quiz, or cultural events, or you know, anywhere that there are people that kind of like the same things that you like, and where, where there are lots of people gathering and, and mingling, and especially if there's a component where you don't uh, sit and talk to the same people every time, but you can kind of mix and mingle. And that, that's much better than just being surrounded by the same group of people. 
And what I like about these such uh, situations is that they're really low pressure because nobody is there to sell anything to anyone. You're just meeting people, uh, learning about their interests, about you know their personal life, and then some. Sometimes you know, not every time, but sometimes work relationships and recommendations and referrals can come from that environment because naturally, when people like you as a person, they also believe that you are a qualified and competent professional because that that's how we we kind of bundle people's qualities even though we may not know what someone is like in a professional life just because they're nice to us and kind to us we think oh they must also be good at this thing that they do so that was that's basically i do a combination of just uh, going to business events and conferences and so on but i also just like meeting people in these fun environments because i'm not getting going there with an agenda i'm just meeting folks and many times it leads to some kind of a collaboration uh, later on yeah no i think that's great and i love the idea of kind of removing that that business mindset off of it even though you're eventually you're looking to grow your network from a business standpoint and just finding something fun to do and you reminded me um i used to go to a, a dachshund meetup group because i have two two wiener doggies Oh, um, but it was just, it's, it was fun. You know, you'd get 20 dogs, <laughs> your dogs running around together. Um, and then just chatting with other people that are passionate uh, about dachshunds as much as you are. And it was super easy and no, no pressure to, I have to, you know, get so many business cards or whatever. And it just kind of made it simple uh, to, to move forward and, and just have some authentic conversations. Yeah. And I mean, those people may not want to work with you, but they may know someone else who does. And mm -hmm. work always comes up with conversation. People ask you, oh, well, what do you do? And then you talk about what you're passionate about. And it's really natural. It's not contrived. And it's not like everyone is looking out to get something from you and you're trying to get something from them. It's just, yeah, very natural, very authentic. And that's why I love it. That's awesome. So Nella, if you could go back to your 20-year-old self, what would you tell yourself to do more of, less of, or differently with regards to your professional career? I believe that I would, <laughs> I would do better if I didn't listen to so much other people's advice at the time. And, and I would prefer not to have second-guessed myself and my own decisions because that was a big issue with me in, in my 20s. Uh, so that's a big one for me that, that I would love to, that I have changed since and, and I wish I've done it sooner. And another thing that also plagued me when I was you know, starting out in my career, I used to switch from interest to interest, uh, then project to project very quickly. Uh, so every time I would get traction in one area, I would just, oh, I'm bored with that. Let's move on to the next thing. And mm -hmm. that's, that's kind of exhausting. And also I, I think it, it would just be much better if I would, I was able to stick with one thing and it would, I would be able to capitalize on some of my early successes much more if I was, I just stuck with them longer than just, Oh, I'm trying a new thing. I'm, I'm going to do that <laughs> instead. So yeah, that's one thing that, that I would like to have changed 
Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I still have that problem. <laughs> I definitely like the shiny objects. <laughs> For sure. I do too. But yeah, I, I've grown more patient than I was, uh, you know, 15 years ago. So that's sure. that's one of the lessons that come with age, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Totally. So Nella, I'm always interested in learning what my guests are doing for their own professional development. Are there any books that you're reading or podcasts that you're listening to? Anything you want to share with our listeners? Uh, well, right now I'm listening to, uh, uh, actually, I, I wanted to start with a book. Yeah, I'm, I'm reading the book, uh, No Logo which is maybe a bit ironic for a branding specialist to read. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, that's uh, Naomi Klein's uh, critique of basically brands occupation of public spaces that happened in the 80s and the 90s. Uh, And I feel that it's important for people in marketing uh, to examine the effect that our work has on society because individually we're like tiny fishes in a pond, but collectively we're a very strong force that kind of shapes the society and we shape our communities and the marketing has done a lot of damage for society. So I think it's, it's really important for us to kind of examine this ethical side and uh, to use our, uh, I would say, you know, <laughs> digital superpowers for good instead of just for perpetuating uh, the problem. So I'm personally very worried about that. So I'm, I, I've started kind of listening to these uh, maybe you know, more socially oriented um, books and, and reading books that are um, kind of that I can see the other side and not just look through the marketing lens uh, for, you know, for everything. Yeah. Yeah, That's good. All right. And you, you mentioned a couple podcasts too. Oh, uh, well, one of my favorite podcasts is Awarepreneurs. So that's uh, one of my dear uh, colleagues, uh, Paul Zelizer, started this podcast, uh, which is uh, basically the intersection of business and mindfulness and social justice. So there are very, uh, sometimes very difficult themes that are examined by, you know, uh, this ethical component, which comes up a lot uh, in the which comes up a lot in the past years, but I think it's it's only getting as much attention as it should be, uh, maybe not even enough. Uh, so there's there's interviews, you know, with uh, business owners, but also kind of social justice uh, activists, and it gives a very uh, interesting perspective on business, how we can use the business for good. So yeah, that's definitely something that I, I would recommend to people if they're into that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool, and it's obviously a really important component today for. Um, the current workforce generation is um, being involved in an organization that has a greater mission beyond just making profits. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's going to, going to become more important as, you know, kids these days grow up and, and take, you know, leadership uh, uh, roles in, in companies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most definitely. All right. I'm going to turn the microphone over to you and give you the opportunity to interview me. So what is something that you'd like to ask me? Uh, Well, uh, if you wanted to collaborate with someone on a project that you think you would do a great work on, how would you approach them? Would you, you know, is there kind of a ramp up period that you would, you know, maybe kind of start talking to them a little more intensely, but without mentioning the project, or would you go all in and kind of say, Hey, I'd really love to work with 
with you on this, but maybe they don't know you that well. So maybe that mm-hmm. would come, be coming on too strong. What do you sure. think? Though? Yeah, that's a really good question. I was going to open up with, it depends because I think, yeah. and then you, you kind of, you kind of put a little bit of additional context to it at the end of that question. Um, it depends on the current state of the relationship. You know, are you already invested? Is there a level of trust already established or um, have you had a couple touch points and connections and you're on that way to developing that trust in the relationship? Or is this, we've never connected before. You know, I think there's a couple, there's a different approach that you're going to take depending on, you know, are you at the zero? I don't know who you are. And going back to the question, you know, the very first question where we talked about that personal brand, maybe we've never met, but you have a level of understanding on me and my background and expertise. So you know, that, that, um, that spread of, I have no idea who you are to, we have an established level of trust. I think how you approach that is going to vary depending on, you know, zero to a hundred and where you are on that scale. If you go at the zero part and say, I don't know who you are. I, you know, I don't know your brand, what you do, what you stand for. I think then you have to start there and start building that trust instead of just jumping in saying, hey, you know, Mr. Smith, I've got this amazing idea I want to partner with you on. Um, there's a level of credibility and trust and, and value that needs to be brought to that individual first. So um, if you have an established trust, I think it's a lot easier to go in and say, Hey Nella, um, let's do this together, or let, let me pitch you this idea of doing something together. Great, great, thanks. Love that. Well, thank you. That was a good question, and really made me think for a second too. <laughs> <laughs> I like the challenging questions. Awesome. All yeah, right. and it's very brave to to kind of open up the mic on your uh, on your own podcast and never know what will come up. <laughs> yeah. I I don't know. I like it. <laughs> I didn't start that when I started the podcast, I wasn't doing that. And then eventually I want to say maybe about 30 or 40 episodes ago, I started, I just kind of threw it out there. Um, I, it, I don't know. Like there's a level of excitement and energy and, and a little bit of fear <laughs> that I have. Like, what are they going to ask me? I have no idea, but it's fun. <laughs> awesome. Any final word or advice to offer our listeners with regards to growing and supporting your network? Uh, Well, I'd say uh, make sure to put in as much goodwill in relationships that you're growing as you can more than you ask for in return. Like, don't be that person who sees every interaction as a transaction uh, because people quickly (laughs) notice that and it it creeps them out a bit when they see that someone just sees them as a way to get something out of you. Uh, So, you know, just go into relationships by with your willingness to help and your willingness to do something for them, even if they never do anything for you. Cause sometimes some people that you help along the way will, will never be able to repay you because they're just not in a position to help you in any way. And that's really not the point uh, of this. It, the point is to just be a nice person, to have the reputation of someone who is doing good in their community. And you may not get a, like 
quote unquote paid back from this person, but you will get some goodwill and kindness from another source. So I do believe that what goes, goes around comes around and it doesn't have to be like directly from someone that you have helped. Absolutely. Great advice that you're offering. And I, I think it is all about paying it forward first as much as possible. Great. So Nella, if anyone is interested in getting in contact with you, what is the best way that they can reach you? Uh, well, my website, uh, NellaDonato.com is the place to go. Uh, so on it, you can download the free chapter of my book, The Human Center Brand. So if you're interested in branding and you know how to kind of... Uh, tailor your story and how to clarify your vision and your message and put yourself out there in a way that's really authentic, I would definitely recommend that you go read that because uh, it's packed with tips. And of course, I have uh, free articles on my blog, also on my website, neldonato.com. And if you want to connect, uh, reach out to me on social media. Um, I would love to chat, answer your questions. And that's, that's it. <laughs> That is awesome. We're going to include all of this information in our show notes. And that's really cool that you're offering a free chapter in your book and tons of resources on your website. So I highly recommend um, that our listeners go out and connect with you. Nella, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show today. Thank you, Lori. It was great. And I hope the listeners will enjoy it as much as I enjoyed being here. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. Well, this wraps up our episode of Social Capital. A huge thank you to Nella for taking the time to connect with us. Join us next week for another great guest as we continue the conversation on networking and building your community. If you need me, send an email to Lori at socialcapitalpodcast.com. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. That's all for this episode of the Social Capital Podcast. Visit socialcapitalpodcast.com for show notes, more episodes, and to see who will be on the show next. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next episode.